All right, welcome everybody back to the Mavs Outsider Podcast. This is your host, Dustin, doing your post-game pod for your Mavs victory against the Orlando Magic. Um, uh, I will say, because I happen to be working, I did miss some of this game. Now, I saw the first half, and we're going to go over... Um, what I thought about what happened in this game. Now, <clears throat> the first half, I thought that Kristaps Porzingis was trying to prove to everyone that he could hit a three-pointer. And it didn't go so well for him. I believe he was something along the lines of 0 of 6 in the first half on his threes. I don't know the exact number, but I do know he was missing. And this game in the first half was way closer than it should have been. Um, Orlando was not a good basketball team. Orlando has a couple good players. Vucevic is a very talented player who, if I could trade Porzingis for him, I might do that. Not that I'm saying I want to get rid of Porzingis, I'm just saying, if the trade possibility came up, it wouldn't be a bad deal. The other guy is Fournier. Um, now, Evan Fournier is probably available to, um, and I do feel like he will be traded. Uh, you know, he, they had said, uh, like, because I haven't watched any Orlando Magic this year. Um, I do know Vooch, Vooch made the all-star team, and they have a poor record, so that was kind of a topic of discussion. But uh, I haven't watched any of their games this year, and I, I do know that uh, they the announcers were saying how Fournier had had a rough stretch. Well, into the Dallas Mavericks, who don't really play that good a defense. They basically, you know, Fournier had kind of gone off, or he had 26. You know, Vooch had 29. Michael Carter-Williams had 18, and Ross had 18. And those were the guys, they they did all the damage. You know, Orlando shot almost 50% from three-point range. Um, Vooch hit five, and Fournier hit five. And... This game was way closer than it should have been, and I thought one of the reasons was the first half. And you know, not that I want to rag on him, but Porzingis, man, he just, you know, in that game against Brooklyn on Saturday night, he did a lot of posting up. And I mentioned that in my last pod about how I really liked seeing him posting up, and he needed to do that more often. You know, take your threes as a secondary. Um, move, as you will, like a, a secondary play. You know, you, you don't want your game to really be a... You don't want to have a three-point... Like, your whole game is based on your three-pointer, and then you'll go in the post every once in a while. No, you you want to use your post moves and your post game to get you those open threes. And it's kind of like Vooch does, kind of like he plays. You know, if Porzingis would play that way, he'd be a much more productive player. But in the first half... He just was launching shots. I mean, just launching. And it was very frustrating to watch. Um, 
even a couple players. Dorian Finney-Smith missed both his threes. Richardson was only one for six, and Hardaway was one for five. I mean, it was just awful shooting in the first half. And, you know, as I'm watching this game, I'm like, are the Mavs going to lose this game? But the two guys that basically won the game, you know, were Luka and Brunson. You know, Brunson had an incredible game with 24 points. You know, he was three for six on his threes. He had six rebounds and three assists. And Luka had 33 points with 10 rebounds and nine assists. And just those two guys basically are the reason I feel like they won. Now, I missed a lot of the third quarter. Um, I heard the radio broadcast of the game because I was on the road. And I missed half the fourth quarter. But I did see the second half of the fourth. And like it, it seemed like Luca would be in the game. They would have it all under control. Luca would leave the game, and they would lose their lead. And then they'd have to pull Luke, put Luca back in. You know, they he'd you know do his Luca thing and score a bunch of points, and then they'd pull him out of the game, and they'd come back. and And that may not have been what happened, but it kind of just as I'm watching, that kind of seemed like what was happening because of the poor shooting of the rest of the guys on the team. Now, Porzingis did finish with 17 points. You know, in the, in the second half, uh, he was 3 for 4, I believe. I, I think he took, like I said, I think he was 0 for 6 in the first half, so he'd have been 3 for 4 in the second, which obviously is a lot better. But, you know, he took 15 shots and 10 of them were threes. I, I just don't think that's what you want. I, I think that's a terrible, terrible um, play for him. I, I think the coaching staff needs to sit him down and talk to Because if they're not playing Orlando, this is a loss. You know, if they're playing a team like, you know, any of the team in the West, you know, outside of, heck, any team in the West, you know, Minnesota plays well, you know, for all their faults. If this is any team in the West, this might be a loss, you know. And they're just lucky that they played one of the worst teams in the league because I just felt like this was a bad game. This was a game that they went out and they they saw Orlando's record. They saw the guys on the injury report, and they just thought to themselves, this is a win, and... I don't know, maybe Porzingis was scared to post up Aminu. I, I, I don't know, maybe maybe he wanted to increase his trade value to show he could hit a three. I, I don't know what he was thinking, but what I do know is that I, I was curious to see, and, and it was, I, I don't know if the, it, it you know, I know usually Maxi does cover the big, but I did think it was interesting that he spent more time covering Vooch than Porzingis did. And I'm wondering, it kind of makes me think they want to see what it looks like if you put, say, someone like Andre Drummond in the starting lineup to play the big, and you have, all of a sudden, you have Porzingis playing a guy like Aminu, 
and see how Porzingis handles that, you know, playing the, uh, I guess, the, the four. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I think you have to play Porzingis at the five. I, man, I, you know, after that Brooklyn game, I, my opinion was you'd be crazy to trade him. You need to build on this team. But then after this Orlando game, I, I just look at it. I was like, God, what is he doing? We're not going to win with this guy. And and I know there's a lot of fans of Porzingis out there. He had 10 rebounds, which was great. But, and I'm a fan of Porzingis, but sometimes sometimes players just don't fit at some certain, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I'm so on the fence about it. And it's it seems like game by game, and, and it's always it's always on how he plays that game. And, you know, 17 points is good. Obviously, if you're going to compete with the top four teams in the West, you need him to score 30. And you don't need him shooting 10 three-pointers. You know, even Luka shooting 10 is a lot. Now, he made half of them. He made five. But, you know, I, I don't want to see Luka shooting 10. Now, if he's making five of them, maybe. I think the other night he made three. He shot 10 and made three, I want to say. But I, 10 three-pointers is a lot for a player like Porzingis who is just okay at shooting them, you know. I, I and, and especially those he launches those ones from like four and five feet behind the line. And I, I just didn't understand what was happening. And I, to me, it's part of the coaching. I... I I'm not a person that complains about the coach a lot. You know, I, I'm not I'm not one of the ones who wants to fire him, I guess I should say. I will complain about the coach. But I'm not one of the ones who say they should fire the head coach. Now, I, I do think they should replace the defensive coach because obviously whatever he's doing isn't working. So and sometimes I just – I don't know what Carlisle's doing. And I just – to me, Carlisle, part of his job is to sit a guy like Porzingis down and say, this is what we need you to do. This is our recipe for success for you. And if you want to become the best player you can be, this is what you need to do. And I, I know he probably doesn't want to hear that you need to be more like Dirk because he, obviously he's not. He's a different player. However... If he could post up and just do that shot that, you know, even Luca does it, you know, where he'll post you up and then kind of turn around and shoot it, you know, nobody's going to block that shot. His release is too high. And he's shown that he can make that mid-range shot at a high rate. And I just don't know why he doesn't do it. And it's very frustrating. I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the coaches not doing their job. I don't know. But... I just, it's something I'd like to see changed. And maybe one day it will, or maybe they just end up moving on from him. I, I don't know. But uh, the Mavs did get a good game from Trey Burke, which is the first one in a while. You know, he had 11 points. He only missed one shot. He made a couple free throws, and he had a couple of assists. And that's kind of what you need from him in 10 minutes. Um, 
Willie Colley Stein didn't get any hardly any time at all out there. Uh, you know, he's always in the doghouse. I, you know, I like Colley Stein, and I know he frustrates the coaching staff. But for me, I, if you're not going to play him, then why'd you sign him? You know, I I didn't understand that. You know, I can understand like. James Johnson was acquired via trade, and you, you kind of got a draft pick for him, and you traded more for his contract than you did anything. So I get it. That's what you traded. You traded for the expiring contract, and you got a second-round pick who I think is an NBA player, and I'm hoping to see maybe him getting a little bit of playing time in the second half of the season for the Mavs. I doubt it. The way Rick Carlisle coaches, I doubt we'll ever get to see any of those young guys this year, but you never know. So I get why they're not playing Johnson. You know, he he's a he was a trade. He they traded for his contract. Awandu, you know, they did sign him and he did get playing time, but I think they realized that he just can't play in this offense because he can't shoot. He and he can't shoot at all. And if you can't shoot, then You've got to be a big, you know. You've got to be Dwight Powell or Willie Colley Stein, or even Boban. Boban doesn't. I know Boban will take the occasional three, but for the most part, he's down low, and that's where you need to be if you can't shoot. And Awandu just can't shoot the ball. But Colley Stein, you know, they re-sign him, and I feel like if you were going to re-sign him, or if it, why didn't you? If you were going to resign him, why don't you play him? You know, you, you should have just let him go, and you could have brought in other guys. There were other guys available that you could have brought in for close to the same price, I'm sure. And maybe it's somebody you would have liked, but uh, the fact that you brought a guy and then you're not going to play him, I, it just boggles my mind. So. And I get it. He does things that frustrate the coaching staff, but that's where the coaching comes in. You got to coach him up. You got to, you know, even JaVel McGee worked for the Mavericks. He got playing time. I know it's, I know it wasn't a lot. He probably got the same amount of playing time as Collie Stein gets. I don't know, but, you know, obviously Golden State and LA were able to get something out of him because, you know, he won titles with both of them. So, you know, Collie Stein, he just, I don't know. I don't think the coaching staff's doing a good job with him. And I, I think he can contribute to this team. And I just, it would be nice to see him get more minutes. And maybe him having more minutes will allow him to develop into the player you want him to be. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's not that guy. And maybe when his contract's up, or maybe he's part of some trade package, they make if they do make any moves so we'll see but it, at least it's a win they're now one game above 500 you know when you look at the standings um they're still sitting in that ninth spot but as you look at the other teams in the western conference you know dallas is sitting with 16 losses and Portland's got 14, and they're sitting in the number five spot. You know, that's only two games. And Dallas actually plays them twice right after the All-Star break, twice in a row. Now, they also play the Clippers twice in a row right before that, so that's going to be a real tough four-game stretch for them. And I think if they can go two and two in that stretch, 
you know, maybe steal one from the Clippers and steal one from Portland. That's a win for them. So that is thinking a little far ahead, but uh, I think there's only one game for them left before the All-Star break, and that is uh, tomorrow. They do play Oklahoma, and Oklahoma's 14-20. and 20. They aren't, they don't, you know, that Gilgis Alexander is their star. Um, they do have Al Horford and that uh, Dort, I don't know Dort's first name, but Dort is a very talented player who will probably be covering Luka a lot because of his strength and defensive ability. Um, one thing about Oklahoma City is when you watch them, they play really hard. Um, so they, even though they do have a bad record, I believe they beat San Antonio the other day on a game-winning shot by Dort, of all things. So I wouldn't take the game lightly. I do think that uh, I do think that is the last game. I'm kind of cycling through here to make sure there's no games on Friday or Saturday, and the All Star game is Sunday. And then they do play a Wednesday again, so they play tomorrow, and then they play Wednesday the tenth against San Antonio which is an important game because San Antonio right now is the division leader. And if Dallas can take advantage of their schedule as the second half of the season continues, they have a chance to make the playoffs without having to do the play-in game because you, you really want that five or six spot. If they can get that five or six spot... It would go a long ways, but if you're stuck in that seven through ten, you've got to do that little playoff. So, uh, San Antonio actually plays the Knicks tonight. It's games already started from the time I am doing this pod. Very early, it just started. The Knicks are actually a game above five hundred, so it's not an easy win for San Antonio. The Knicks are actually playing well, so. It would be nice to see the Knicks win a game against them and help Dallas out. But uh, uh, the Grizz are playing the Wizards right now, and the Grizzlies are just handing it to them. Um, the poor Wizards, they're just... I don't know what uh, the Wizards ate. Maybe they should trade for Porzingis because... They just, for whatever reason, they just aren't a good basketball team. But, uh, anyhow, kind of a little off topic. But anyhow, the Mavs do play uh, Oklahoma tomorrow. And hopefully they can get a win. And they play San Antonio and then I think Oklahoma again. So, if you can win these games that you should win. And now I know San Antonio isn't one of those should win games because they are leading the division. But I do think the Mavs are a better team than San Antonio. 
and I think they should win that game. If you can win these games, um, you could be, you know, they could be four games above 500 heading into that stretch where I, I think, because after those, after these next three games, I think that's the stretch. They go the two against Clippers and then two against Portland. And those are going to be tough games, and I, I, I don't expect them to go 4 0 at all. Um, it would be devastating to go 0 and 4 in those. You'd like to hope they pull off at least one win, but I think ideally two wins is would be great because it kind of leaves you the four games above 500 if you can win these next ones. So hopefully they can get it together. Um, Dallas seems to play to their competition at times. So if they play a bad team, they'll play as bad as they are. If they play a good team, sometimes they can play as good as them. Unless you're the Sixers and you turn it over 20-some-odd times, but... Hopefully Dallas can get some wins. You know, they, they've done what I said they should do. And, you know, when I when I was saying several weeks back, when I was saying they need to get back, they need to go on a streak where they win 13 of 15 or 17 of 20. They're, they're doing that right now. They're, they're in that streak right now. I, I don't know what it is. It's 8 of 9 or 6 of 7 or whatever it may be, 7 of 8. But they're in that run right now, and it's showing because their record is above 500. So hopefully they can keep the uh, keep playing the way they are, and we can get out of that seven eight spot and sneak into that five or six spot, so that uh, we can avoid that playoff game. But anyhow, I'm gonna it's gonna do it for today. Um, not a very long pod, but uh, it was kind of an uneventful game and kind of an uneventful news day for the Mavs. So if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Mavs Outsider. And if you could rate and review this podcast, wherever it is, you do get your podcasts. I guess that helps with the algorithms. But uh, until next time, we'll see you then. Later.